Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google. What makes them industry giants? Get ready to take a peek inside and learn their secrets of success. This is Silicon Valley Insider, the show that demystifies the valley and helps to elevate your business to the next level. Now, your host for Silicon Valley Insider, Keith Koo. Welcome to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest and a dear friend of mine, Teresa Grobecker. Teresa is both the CEO of Real Estate Consortia, a referral platform on, for real estate on blockchain, as well as a senior vice president at U.S. Capital Global, an investment bank. Welcome, Teresa. Thank you so much for having me here, Keith. In this week's tech news, I want to issue a word of caution. Beware of all your text messaging. A breaking news article is that the California Public Utilities Commission wants to charge text messaging. And not only do they want to charge for text messaging, they want to charge retroactively for the last five years. This is certainly going to get a lot of attention from California citizens and the rest of the country where other states are thinking of adding additional revenue. And most likely, this will not be charged individually, but will be charged as a surcharge, you know, those bottom fees that are at the end of your bill for every one of the Californians that actually use cell phones. Taylor Swift is now known to use facial recognition technology to track her stalkers during her concerts. So we talked about artificial intelligence a lot. This is where a pop performer like Taylor Swift can use the technology to filter any of the incoming concert goers to know if they're known stalkers to her or not. I had talked about several months ago that China's Tencent music division, and Tencent is similar to a Google of China, they did a US IPO of $1.1 billion. It's actually less than what they originally wanted, but it's showing the current climate for initial public offerings. The unique thing about Tencent's music streaming service is that even though it's a US IPO, the customer base is still really in China. Tencent is actually profitable, where Spotify, which is many times larger, is still not profitable. But how they both will make money off each other is that Tencent and Spotify are major shareholders of each other's company. And finally, There's a lot of consternation about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies being down in value, but the technology is still very strong. And U.S. Congressman Warren Davidson has introduced a bill to define cryptocurrencies as its own asset class. And this is because whether it's the SEC, the CFTC, or the IRS, all those groups treat cryptocurrencies slightly differently. And I will be speaking more about this in a future show. And that's the news of the week. Welcome back, Insiders, to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. Today, joined with very special guest and dear friend, Teresa Grobecker, who is the CEO of Real Estate Consortia, a referral platform for the real estate industry on blockchain, and also the senior vice president at U.S. Capital Global, an investment banker. Welcome again, Teresa. Thank you so much for having me, Keith. So, Teresa, your background is amazing, and I think it's best if you explain how you got to where you're at. 
<laughs> you're far too kind. Um, so out of business school, I worked in securities. And when I started a family, I thought going into real estate would be much more flexible for a schedule. So I started a real estate firm from scratch in 2012. And in June, I merged it into an investment bank, U.S. Capital. Well, I think because that's a very brief description and you're being humble, but uh, your real estate firm, your mortgage brokerage, was actually the first in California to accept an unlimited amount of Bitcoin. That's okay. There are a few firsts there, yeah. So the brokerage in San Francisco was the first to be completely online, uh, much to, to the dismay of more bespoke brokerages. And it's true. Um I was the first California broker to figure out how to move unlimited amounts of Bitcoin into real estate. Right, which, uh, of course, Bitcoin's all the rage, right? Although it's not been doing so well in terms of a cryptocurrency valuation, but that's a tangent. I think uh, more around the story is what led to the acquisition by U.S. Capital, the merger with U.S. Capital, is that you started developing the blockchain bug. Absolutely. So with my first real tech company, we explored uh, the blockchain technology back in 2013. And it was way too nascent there. We were just trying to figure out how to unlock our coins from our wallets. And maybe you were going to end up with your money or maybe not, um, if you remember those days. Um, and now we're much further along in the um, development of blockchain. So fast forward to 2018, we started looking at how blockchain can be applied to real estate. And it's one of the most practical applications of blockchain into real estate. So the investment bank is very savvy and progressive. They understand the underlying technology of blockchain. We really, at U.S. Capital, because I wear two hats in this interview, um, at U.S. Capital, we're very anti-ICO because ICOs are wrought with all kinds of fraud um, and they're just very unstable. So we're more traditional um, we follow FINRA and SEC laws um, and discriminately. So um, so we're more traditional in that sense, but we understand that the distributed ledger has this great practical application that helps with um, creating more transparency in the industry, really helps banks with the Dodd-Frank law. So that's what guides us when we look at uh, derivative products um, and structuring those kind of investments. So when... Jeff Sweeney and Charles um, heard about our blockchain for real estate product. Um, you know, we did the dance for about six months, um, and I realized that I really like them as people and that they're really smart and they understood blockchain. Yeah, I, I think this is great. And full disclosure, I, if you're going to Google it, I am an advisor to Teresa's company, but that's because I truly believe in the product and the platform. So we do a lot of shows on innovation technology. We've had a lot of blockchain shows and I think the key differentiation, because people still new to the blockchain space, Teresa's company is not about an ICO or cryptocurrency. And U.S. Capital, the investment bank that she's both a senior vice president at, but also is um, in support of her real estate blockchain company, they are a traditional investment bank making traditional investments in blockchain as a technology. They're not interested, at least not now, in ICOs or cryptocurrency. And that's just really to validate that Beyond the hype of how much Bitcoin rises or falls or Ethereum or other uh, blockchain cryptocurrencies is that there is still very legitimate use cases. Um, not saying those aren't legitimate. There's very legitimate use cases in industry and enterprise. And so that's where uh, U.S. Capital got very interested in the concept 
of Real Estate Consortia. And so thinking more about enabling the entire referral ecosystem. So if you're a realtor or anyone who participates in the real estate industry and gets paid on referrals, this is going to be a very interesting conversation for you. Absolutely. So the real estate market is massive, as we know, and it's really the backbone of the American economy. Um, real estate agent commissions are 70, that's seven zero, seven billion $70 billion per annum. And ideally, 30% of that commission total adjustable market is from referrals. So that's when my client moves to a different city. What I see a lot of is from San Francisco to Palm Springs um, down in Southern California. So when I refer business down to Palm Springs, I have no idea if the business is closed. It's on a wink and a handshake. Um, it's the honor system. And a lot of times I won't even bother following up because I'm too busy running the day-to-day -day operations. So don't go away. If you are interested in how anyone in the real estate referral network gets paid efficiently and per all the terms that were agreed to, you'll want to learn more about Real Estate Consortia. So if you have any questions or comments, email us at info at svn.biz, and we'll be right back with more of Teresa Grobecker of our Real Estate Consortia. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. I'm joined today with the CEO of Real Estate Consortia and an SVP at U.S. Capital Global Partners, Teresa Grobecker. Hi, Teresa. Hi, Keith. So a great question because we heard a lot about what ICOs are, initial coin offerings, and how the things have shifted to an STO or a security token offering. I'm having Teresa, who's very active in blockchain investments at U.S. Capital, It'd be great to have you answer that for the audience. Sure. Thanks so much. And I'm sure um, you ask 10 different people, you'll get 10 different answers about what an ICO is versus an STO. We've been doing a lot of speaking. I spoke about this on NASDAQ and in London just last week. So an ICO is an initial coin offering. And the reason why it was so red flagged by the SEC is because the ICO serves as both um, a utility and a security. And according to American law, we can't combine the two. Um, so that means that you might buy a coin so that you can grease the wheels to use a platform, and that's an ICO. An STO is where you're taking a traditional asset and you're just creating a distributed ledger so that you can sell the security or portions of the security um, more efficiently um, with the distributed ledger technology. Right, and that is a good description because I think a lot of ICOs got in trouble and at the same time, you know, in fairness to an ICO, not everything had been flushed out between all the different um, regulatory agencies. So you have the Securities Exchange Commission, the Commodities Trading, um, even the IRS. I mean, there's just so many different groups that are still working out regulations. But what was clear that there was obviously a number of groups that are taking advantage of the situation. I think with an STO, it's more clearly defined and there's actually more guardrails that the government, the U.S. government is comfortable with. Um, I'm not, we'll save it for a different show. We talk about different jurisdictions and who's more lax or more open versus those who aren't. But I think the space is still very fluid. So, Teresa, thanks for explaining that. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to add on that an STO should really be um, held in custody by someone who has a license to do so and then traded on an appropriate exchange or ATS. So it's all governed by the SEC and FINRA for consumer protection. Exactly. And and again, another future topic for another show (laughs) is really about the decentralized um, nature of pure uh, blockchain cryptocurrency versus some of the other things. And like I said, this is something we could go on and on and on about. So thanks again. Totally. Yeah. So back to having Teresa on our show today to talk about her real estate consortia company, which is a referral network built on blockchain technology. And in the last segment, Teresa, we were just starting to get into who participates in a traditional real estate referral network and why they would be interested in this platform. So let's go dig deeper into that. Yeah, for sure. So your home is a social place. A lot of people come and go. And then, you know, course of a year, you could have parties when a lot of people are coming and going, like it's the holidays now. So a lot of people are coming and going from the house or it could be just standard, like maybe it's uh, you and your partner and your dog, right, on a daily basis. Real estate is kind of the same way. There are times when there is more activity on the back end of a piece of property. Um, And so the title token really lends itself with the distributed ledger to logging all of those people and companies who have touched your property. Um, So what that means is your agent or your broker on a transaction, I'm able to um, affiliate myself with you if you are the homeowner. Um, And if I refer you as a person to a different broker or if I refer your home to a different broker, then that relationship is tagged in the title token so that when we go to the close of escrow, escrow can type into our system and say this is the property or this is the person's name and then the title token comes up and all of the relationships and referral commissions that are due uh, get disclosed and paid out. Um, So this goes way beyond where the industry currently is with a wink and a handshake and we're now at a place where there's a record that's searchable. Um, And right now, the best solution is picking up the phone and calling to see if the business is closed. But that's highly inefficient. And there's a better way of doing this with the blockchain and the title token. Yes. And one of the things I consult a lot about is you should never uh, blockchain for the sake of blockchain, right? I mean, (laughs) you should never make something less efficient if there's a more efficient way of doing it. And so the perception could be that blockchain in itself isn't um, an end to a means, or sorry, means to an end. But really, I think that what's interesting about real estate consortia and the potential, when you first hear about it, people are thinking, now, why would I willingly participate in this type of network? And I think you just hit the summary, right, which is kind of the part about things today are done. I mean, you think there's contracts involved. You think there's things written down. Mm -hmm. But a lot of it's done on a wink and a handshake. And the ability to codify all this within a smart contract and be able to execute on that and then have all the participants know ahead of time how they're going to get paid, when they're going to get paid, once the transaction consummates. Um, That's going to be very powerful. Yeah, absolutely. So when we started thinking about this company and what it could be and who the users are, um, we thought maybe that title and in the counties Um, would be the first adopters. And then I quickly realized, you know what, if it's not built by them and there's too many politics involved, both corporate politics and um, municipal politics, um, it wasn't really going to fly. And so then we really started to follow the money, which is pretty simple, 
Um, and we realized that realtors spend $9 billion a year on marketing. Um, so there's a component of this title token where the title token is only available through the realtor. That's one. Um, and then we realized the size of the total addressable market for commissions and the referrals there and pertaining. Um, and then we started to talk to more people in the industry and it was like, wow, really large franchises in the United States have a huge issue where they're flying b- blind. We're talking about $20 billion of revenue that's kind of just in the wind um, and not being traced. So we knew we were on something when we started to focus on the money, the revenue, the spend and the loss. Yeah, I, I want to bring up a story since we're also friends and I'm an advisor to your company. When we started talking about this concept, um, we had I had done a show last year with Jed Yue, who is the founder of a company called Avamar back in the mid-2000s, sold it to EMC for 170 mil, and then started another company, I think about eight or nine years ago, called Delphix, which is a Silicon Valley unicorn, so a billion-dollar valuation. Um, he's really passionate about enabling innovation and wrote a book called Disrupt or Die. And that's kind of been our guidebook in how we've been innovating because Jed talks about value seams. And so when you and co-founder Milo Sprague, <laughs> former CTO of Silicon Valley Bank and Cloud got together, it was like, this is one of our core principles. Yeah, totally. I'll never forget the day where I met Milo for, you know, um, drinks after, you know, like on a Friday night and he had the book from Jedediah Yad and he's like, look, my name is in it. Right. So he's quoted. It was so cool. Um, and he's like, you have to read this if you're going to start a company. And like this is really the foundation. It's our guidebook to creating the cyclone effect um, and to see where all the value seems meet up. Um, and blockchain can do so much in real estate. Like it's really endless and we can't wait to be working on version two and version three and so on and so forth. Um, but what we, what we realized is we really had to create a cyclone and that incorporates all of the stakeholders. So everyone who touches the piece of real estate has to be incentivized to use our blockchain product. And there are a lot of blockchain products that are out there. And we're actually working with Rezo, which is the national standards organization to kind of be the lubricant where we enable the standards for other blockchain projects because not a not a lot of technologists know that Rezo even exists, but because I'm a broker, I do. Right. Um, and so we can actually help them use the standards because unless all of our standards are talking to all of our data is talking to each other in the right standard way, um, there won't be massive adoption. And blockchain can help so much in the industry. We just see it as going that direction. But going back to the point about Jedediah Yad is that. Um, we really have to bring on everybody. So there has to be an incentive for the consumer, for the broker, for the agents. And those are two very different roles. They've emerged very differently over the last 20 years. What the broker needs and what the agent needs are very different. Um, and lenders, we're working with lenders. And we figured out a way to work with title companies in a way where we're not saying to them, hey, your dad is wrong, because I get asked that a lot. I speak a lot on this topic and people are always asking me, well, do you think you're going to obviate the title industry? And I just, I say, no, we want them to be users of our technology. So don't go away because when we come back, we're going to dive back into the entire network so we know exactly what's in it for each of the participants. Uh, you're listening to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm joined with Teresa Grobecker, who's the CEO of Real Estate Consortia and an SVP at US Capital Global and Investment Bank. Any questions or comments, email us at info svn.biz, and we'll be right back. For questions or comments on today's program, call one 888 828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider 
Once again, your hosts, Keith Koo. Hey, Insiders. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. Today, joined with Teresa Grobecker, CEO of Real Estate Consortia, a main enabled real estate referral network, as well as a platform. And she is also an investment banker. Welcome, Teresa. Thanks for having me. So the cyber tip of the week is for all you Mac users out there. And it's going to sound a little bit scary because it is. If you're using Safari, and that can be either on your Mac desktop or on your iPhone, if you're not careful and you end up on a malicious site, your entire browser can be taken over by malware. And this was discovered by a research group from Dropbox. Um, They found out that if you used what we call zero-day vulnerabilities or exploits, and there's three of them, which I won't give you the technical names because it won't help you, but if you had your device compromised, the attacker could basically chain link these three vulnerabilities to completely take over your device, which isn't good. And so we've talked about it many times. The tip is to stay current with your software updates because these vulnerabilities were actually patched back in March. So if you've been waiting around to update your Safari browser, I would recommend that you go do so now. And that's the tip of the week. So once again, we're joined with Teresa Grobecker, who's the CEO of Real Estate Consortia and a Senior Vice President at an investment bank, U.S. Capital Global. Hi, Teresa. Hi, Keith. So in our first two segments, we talked about a lot of things that are all related to this convergence of technologies in the industry. We talked about how there is blockchain, which we hear a lot about in terms of cryptocurrency or ICOs, but really for it's becoming more and more prevalent as a serious technology that major banks are looking at, enterprises. Uh, Amazon just announced that they're doing blockchain as a service for other companies. And so it really is going mainstream. Teresa is an innovator in the real estate industry, and she continues to innovate because this product is enabling anyone participating in the referral system of a real estate network to get paid more efficiently and to have all the details on that codified. Is that correct? Absolutely. So Teresa, in the last segment, we were just starting to get into all the different participants in the network. Can we kind of go into those participants and what's in it for them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So let's start with the real estate agent. The agent is going to send business to another agent, and we can track that referral on our distributed ledger. That's one. Um, The title token, we've already, so it's a patent pending title token that we're issuing to every single piece of property in the United States. And we've already minted over half of the properties in the country. Um, So the distribution of this title token is available only through a realtor. So that means if I'm the person, if I'm the broker who sold you your house, I can distribute access of the title token to you. So why don't I have access to the title token myself if I'm a homeowner? Yeah, so excellent question. Um, We want to make sure that there is a professional who's in the center of the conversation who can guide you. Real estate is still one of the largest investments most Americans will make in their life. And we think you still need a trusted advisor to help you um, through seeing the ins and outs of the transaction and the value of your home and how to best package it for the exit of your property. 
Okay, great. So we talked about the agent. We talked about the broker. So who else cares about the title token? The title. The um, homeowner cares because they get updates about the provenance of their property. Um, So a lot of people ask me this question, well, if I get title insurance, I'm okay. And actually, title insurance is great, but it's backward looking. And this is what a lot of people don't realize. So going forward, after you sign the papers for your real estate, no one is really watching out for what's going on with the ownership of your house. And I had a heartbreaking experience with this lady, this sweet woman um, in San Francisco, and someone had stolen her identity and they put a lien against her house. And she didn't know until it was up for foreclosure. Um, And this person is pretty well known in San Francisco, and this was terribly embarrassing and scary to think that she was going to lose her house. So the title token sends alerts. It's branded with the realtor's information, um, and then the realtor can help answer questions because a lot of this has to deal with legal issues pertaining to real estate. And although realtors can't give legal advice, they know a lot about the common practices in real estate. Now, that's a good example. I mean, people don't realize, because I was trained as a banker, but people don't realize that the government insulates itself from mishaps, right? It's it's on you. So title registration is they're just basically keeping track, sort of, but they're not under any legal obligation to do that. Yeah, the county has no legal liability to make sure whoever files a deed or a claim on your property is legally supposed to be able to do that. And that's why we hear all these cases, especially in Silicon Valley and San Francisco, where people who are getting their wire instructions through email don't confirm it with the title company yeah. that that's the right ad, right bank account wire address to send to, and they inadvertently, because the hackers are getting smart, they actually will just only hack your email to change just the bank account number and the wire instructions. Everything else looks exactly the same. And so people are wiring 300000 400000 out the door to- Millions the, sometimes. Yeah, millions to yeah. the Philippines, to Russia, whatever, because- they don't understand that the title company is not there to make sure that it all gets handled properly. They're just doing a transaction. So when I first opened my online brokerage in San Francisco, I could email out my broker demand. So that's what, as a broker, I send to escrow. Those are my instructions for closing. And then I say how much I get paid, how much the agent gets paid. And for me then, it was really, really simple. I just emailed in this form and then the money showed up in my bank account. Well, fast forward five years, six years later, I'm getting these phone calls all day and it's the escrow agent saying, I need you to confirm and I'll be driving right between appointments or on another call. Can you verify your wire instructions? And it's like, you know, I don't have my bank account tattooed on my arm or maybe I should put it there. Um, So it's coming. It is. It should. Yeah. (laughs) If I could do a QR code, but um, that's that's totally different subject. Um, But Although technology has progressed our industry, the hacking and the phishing has really regressed it. So the title token does have a deal and data room that's attached to each piece of property where documents can be securely stored. And I know certain title companies have now better protocols in place and we're all working toward the same goal because fraud went from 19 million just in wire in in real estate fraud to a billion dollars in one year that jump happened. So it's a big problem. Blockchain and our platform can definitely solve for that. Um, We decided not to make it our go-to-market because it's not the sexiest of products, the fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Um, We just, we wanted to stay more broker and consumer focused, but it's definitely there to be utilized. Yeah, no, I think that's what's really great about DLT, distributed ledger, and blockchain technology in general, is that uh, beyond the practicality of when you decide to do it, for the right use case. It has all those inherent features so that even if you're not going to the market now, 
it is something that can be quote unquote turned on later because right now we're really focused on enabling the network of people getting paid for these transactions. And it's all documented, it's all agreed to upfront, and then the execution, the transaction occurs, the real estate transaction finalizes, and then everything just kind of happens. Absolutely, so we believe in following the money. Um, we're part of an accelerator, and this accelerator realized very quickly, they deal with banks, those are their consumers, that the banks can move inventory through our referral network. And so we're gonna be a pipeline for the banks. Um, a leasing company realized that they need to identify properties they also need to identify humans here and abroad and that our unique identifier system can help with doing that. So we're able to make a market in these regards because we can take the inventory, we can match it through the realtor with a buyer and vice versa. Um, we also have a signed agreement with Stack, which is Richard Branson's banking child. With their AI technology, they can see who is saving for a house and how much, and we can make a match with the appropriate agent that matches those specifics with that consumer. Um, so there's so much that our referral system can do. And the more that I speak about this, the smart money here in San Francisco and in London, they totally see where this is going, that we can solve this referral problem in not just real estate, but other industries. In our, when we say other industries, pretty much any industry that relies on the referral system. Absolutely. I mean, in all kinds of businesses, we make referrals to other people, um, but we never know if the business closes or we're not economically incentivized to make the referral. So if we could just make these referrals and get paid for them, think about how much more business and how much more trust we can create. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that work I've seen and see where referrals don't actually pan out the way you think you've agreed to them. So I think coming, from, I mean, certainly in the Valley, anyone in the technology industry this is something that could be very game-changing for all of us. Yeah, and it's better for the consumer, too, at the end of the day, because all of these referrals can be tracked. Um, so it's not just that you're a com commodity, but you also have insight into who's touching your deal and how much they're getting paid. So it's it has a really ethical core to it. So in terms of the data being gleaned off of this, uh, in the deal room and all that. I mean, I know we're all following banking laws, making regulations, but I think there's different use cases that can be um, enablers for orthogonal related industries. So there's the real estate industry in itself, but I can see a lot of players in the real estate industry who aren't directly tied to the real estate transaction, but more of the um, kind of the add-ons, the services, you know, home inspections and all the other things. I can see there's a lot of value in this platform. Absolutely. So when I came back from the National Association Conference um, in Boston about three weeks ago, I had combed through the expo floor like I was checking for lice in my kids' hair, right? So I was checking to see who can play into the system. Um, and there is so there are so many use cases where we can partner with different service providers and really make that information available to the homeowner. Um, because a lot of times, like I just went through selling my own house and I I didn't, I'm a broker and I didn't even know where to go for certain services. So imagine like the regular consumer um, just having more information at their fingertips. Right. So thanks again. To find out more information about Real Estate Consortia, you can go to R-E-C-O-N-S-O-R-T-I-A.com. Or if it's easier, just come to svn.biz. Any questions or comments, email us at info at svn.biz. And we'll be right back to talk about where Real Estate Consortia is headed next so don't go away. For questions or comments on today's program, call 
888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. Today, joined with special guest Teresa Grobecker, CEO of Real Estate Consortia and SVP at U.S. Capital Global Partners, an investment bank here in San Francisco. Hi again, Teresa. Hi, Keith. So today's show has really been about Real Estate Consortia, a innovation in the real estate industry that Teresa and team are leading, all powered by blockchain technologies, and also um, not a traditional, well, I should say a traditional investment, but not an ICO or cryptocurrency investment. And in our first few segments, we got into all the participants in the network, why it's important to them, and how they're going to get paid. And I think it'd be really great to go into Teresa all the people you're speaking to, super agents, bankers, uh, brokers, large banks, institutions, they're all very interested and why are they interested in it? I think a lot of the people we talk to are interested because they, uh, they're they finally seeing a product that's invented by a broker for realtors um, and someone who really has seen so many transactions and really understands how the current industry is broken. Um, and I think that applies to how business is done in general. Um, humans are humans. Yeah. Blockchain provides um, kind of a baseline of trust that enables us to hopefully do more business with each other. And I think that's what people get when they hear about the project. Um, it comes from a good place trying to elevate the industry um, so that the consumers have a better experience, uh, so that the professionals involved uh, act more ethically and there's more transparency. And that's why we say blockchain technology versus whatever hype around cryptocurrency, et cetera, because blockchain in itself to this point still has not, as a technology, been hacked, has not been deconstructed. Um, I think there are a lot of real estate blockchain um, concepts out there. What makes yours different? So we went for becoming um, an industry platform. And what that means is we're completely interoperable with um, any other blockchain project that's out there. Um, and we built that from the very beginning. We made sure to be web and API based so we can partner with pretty much any large existing company that's out there today. Um, we also realized that blockchain is changing rapidly and we don't quite know which platform will be the end user. So our we call it the REC UID, which is the title token for every piece of property in the United States. We've realized that this has to be interchangeable on any blockchain platform that comes around. So that's what makes us different is we're seeing this at a macro level and we're seeing the long-term play over the next 10 years, which I think in traditional industry up till now could have been like 50 or 100 years. But I think in the next 10 years, um, we're going to see rapid developments in this space. I love the point you made at when you were at speaking at the Tulip Conference, our conference, um, we were talking about real estate and the uh, addressable market for just the real estate industry, not even blockchain enabled yet. And uh, another guest had talked about how well, blockchain needs to totally disrupt realtors and real estate. And it's a, it's a market ripe to be disrupted. And he had mentioned something about, um, you know, even Airbnb could be disrupted and you can correct the numbers, but I think you said that, you know, Airbnb is like a $30 billion addressable market right now, but, or, and then that the U.S. real estate market in itself is, I think. Um, it's $30 trillion. Right. The U.S. Um, domestic 
residential market is about 30 trillion, and then you add on another six for commercial. Right. And so then when you talk about the referrals and the commissions getting paid on that network, and um, what also what I like about Real Estate Consortium and, and other blockchains for other industries not related, is that this isn't about taking people's jobs away. This isn't about AI taking over the world. This is about making efficiencies on an existing process and making it better, more transparent, mm -hmm. and that people will come away, um, I shouldn't say happy, but they'll come away knowing that everything that was agreed to actually happened. Yeah, so I'm really passionate about this. Um, my uncle is one of the top futurist speakers in the world. His name is Thomas Fry, and he's an advisor on our project as well. And about six years ago, he was one of the first futurists who predicted all the jobs that are going away because of AI. And it was something like 20 billion jobs. And at that point, I had like literally a baby on each hip, right? And I'm going, oh my gosh, right? What are my kids going to do for a job? So I've really made it my life's work to figure out how to enable technology to enhance a profession that might otherwise go away because it's being automated in so many ways now. And I just want it to be an option if my boys want to go into real estate. And they'll probably tell me, no, thanks, mom. We'd, we'd like to do anything but real estate. Um, but I just, uh, I'm a big believer in keeping a human in the middle of the conversation as much as we can. It's a great point, right? I, th I think we talk about industrial revolutions and people say we're now in the fourth revolution and people are afraid of losing their jobs to technology. We've had shows on where people talked about that. I think that for real estate consortia and using blockchain technology to enable it, again, here's a concept that doesn't involve job loss, that really involves enhancing an entire network, so not just uh, realtors, but the actual um, network of all the participants in it. So with just the half a minute we have left, Teresa, what are the your closing thoughts? Um, well, we're really excited to be rolling out our product at a national level in about 10 weeks from now. We're going out for our Series A raise, um, and with that, we'll be able to take this uh, at a national level and then internationally as well. Um, so we're just super excited and honored to be at the center of this conversation with some of the biggest firms and organizations, um, whether it be NAR or the Mortgage Bankers Association, uh, the biggest banks and leasing companies really in the world. So we're honored to have their input. If you have ideas, please shoot them over to me. Uh, my email is Teresa, no H, so T-E-R-E-S-A at R-E-Consortia.com. Thanks, Teresa. Thanks for having me as an advisor. I'm really excited about the project. And again, if you have any questions or comments, you can always email us also at info at svn.biz. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. For questions or comments on today's program or to schedule a complimentary consultation with Keith about your business, call 1-888-828-SVIN. That's 1-888-828-7846, 888-828-SVIN.